welcome, welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. It's Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And we're all live on location in the comfy confines of our own houses. But uh, tomorrow we got the big show, which we're going to talk all things Super Bowl. And uh, Biggie, you may not be aware of this yet, but we, we have a special guest that's going to be joining us tomorrow night. Did uh, Mr. Brown tell you who it was? No, who is it? Ah, we got uh, uh, Mr. Darren Smith from uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He's a beat reporter for them. He's out on Radio Row, and he's going to drop us a line. Don't know how long we're going to have him, but who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and get somebody else uh, on camera while he's out there. But he's going to join us on a Zoom call tomorrow night about 8.30. So we'll see how – What? so that puts us at what, 5.30 or 4.30 uh, Pacific time? 5.30 out in L.A. So uh, Darren is one of – I'm not a Chiefs fan, but through all the connections we make on social media, the Chiefs stuff is is pretty entertaining, and Darren is a real one. Like, he's not a blind, I only see Chiefs red and things like that. He just will be completely honest and critical at times of all things, but he does rock a hell of a suit game. So hopefully he's rocking the suit game out in LA. Beverly Hills and shit, you know, he should be looking sharp. He's like John Gott boots and the haircuts right he's real big on the haircut he's real big on the suit and he's also uh probably lost 100 pounds since i started following him on facebook so he's uh he's looking real sharp here lately hey you're gonna be out here by 5 30 well that's that's 5 30 their time it's 8 30 our time oh sorry sorry yeah, i'm backwards a, we're not we're not traveling back in time but uh yeah it, anyway, quickly, just going out to the, the world of the Super Bowl. We're going to talk a lot of that tomorrow, but I know Roger Goodell had to have his Super Bowl press conference, and I think 45 minutes of it was him trying not to answer questions about Brian Flores. Did you try to avoid it? Did you see any of it? Or do you have any comments about Goodell and his wonderful mic skills and his announcements that he was able to make today? Uh, here's what I'll say. You, you talk a lot of times about a guy – who talks without ever saying anything. Roger Goodell did that. That's the reason that he's getting however many, what's he get 40 million a year to be the commissioner of that? Uh, league? That sounds about right. Yeah. That press conference is an example of why he's earned that money. He didn't say a damn thing. He's got, <laughs> he's got a lot of shit on his plate too right now. The Brian Flores thing. And then the Dan Snyder gift that just keeps on giving, that's not going anywhere. And then he had to answer over the fact that there wasn't that many diversity hires really, and now, uh, you know, he's got to talk about how we get to go play games in Munich, too. So that's exciting. Isn't there three minority coaches right now total? There are four because uh, I think well, I biracial. So, yeah. What, what, who's, who is that? The uh, one. The new, the new Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel, OC from San Francisco. I, I don't know why exactly but he identifies as biracial so the Niners are going to get two third round picks uh <laughs> hired to the Dolphins uh Jets head coach Sala uh Santa Claus got promoted in Houston Mike Tomlin Ron Rivera yeah so we're five yeah hey uh, good old Mike Tomlin always going to be there I just wanted to say you mentioned uh the uh Washington emails earlier like dan snyder was going to hire a firm to investigate himself again but since 
Uh, <laughs> the outside world's already d- decided that the NFL and Dan Snyder were in collusion the first time. Now the NFL's hiring someone from the outside, at least for appearances sake. I just think it's funny that Dan Snyder's like, Oh, another investigation. I'll hire my own firm to investigate. <laughs> it worked so well last time. Why not? <laughs> but I also saw that the, the congressional uh, panel that's doing all the inquiries about the NFL and the Washington, uh, commies or emails or football team whatever the hell they're called emails the the washington what's it you know what i'm sorry we'll commit to that it'll just be washington emails from here to eternity so anyway the emails uh are under scrutiny with congress because of the investigation and like there's a lot of people just ripping the nfl over the fact that they're not turning over like nearly any of the important documentation the emails any of that stuff that they're wanting and i don't know What's going to come of that? How much flex the NFL's got when it comes to the federal government? But it's not a good look right now as far as that front. Hey, it's a good look for us because guess what? They keep giving us memes, the Washington emails. We got like Antonio Brown, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, people like that. We love you guys because you give us unlimited content. The gift that keeps on giving. But real quick, real quick, speaking of, I don't know if this is a gift that keeps on giving, but the player for Washington that is nominated for the Walter Payton man of the year. Did you see what uh, he did on Twitter? Now, you text something earlier. I haven't seen any of this. You have to explain it to me. So I, I don't have it in front of me. So I, I, I'll pre or preface and say, I could be taking it out of context slightly, but I can't remember even who it is. He's offensive lineman for Washington. Uh, he, was doing a uh, thing with these followers. You asked me anything. And, you know, somebody asked him, who are the three people dead that you could have dinner with? Mm. And, and I believe he said, Michael Jackson, Hitler, and somebody else. And the Hitler. Mussolini? No, 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 no. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, you, you guys, uh, you guys digest that for a second while I look up the actual response here. What are your thoughts just hearing that initially? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I would kind of like to see Hitler and Michael Jackson at the same table. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I mean, you see, you see Hitler at Never Neverland Ranch. I mean, come on. <laughs> you got to wonder. It'd be kind of just, I, I don't know, having lived so many years from Hitler, would you not want to pick his brain just a little bit? Like, how in the hell did you decide to do what you decided to do? Right. So I, I get why his response was what it was. And it's Jonathan Allen who plays for Washington. And he said his granddad, Hitler and Michael Jackson. So I don't know if he wants all of them together because that could be very interesting as well. But anyway, I mean, Hitler would be like, I may have the mustache of a little boy, but I assure you I'm not a little boy. <laughs> Dude, Michael Jackson and Hitler get along well, I think. Off camera. Oh, can we just oh. let just let can we just get a dinner of Hitler and Michael Jackson? That'd be great. Like we can just do that. That's a movie. Let's get I some. guarantee you there is a song that comes from that dinner. So he, he said Hitler was militarily a genius and he loves military tactics, but honestly, I'd want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. I'm also assuming that people I've chosen to answer want me to answer my questions honestly. So anyway, that then he had to take it down because, of course, you know, here comes the the woke mob and everybody else. And look, it's tone deaf for sure, you know, because it's Twitter. You only get so many characters. And anytime Hitler comes up in all actuality, you probably should have to explain anytime you want to have dinner with 
uh, Adolf Hitler. But I understand what he was saying, man. I hope people don't end up crucifying him for this because if the question was simply, let's find some really interesting people that you want to ask why they did what they did, like that's got to be at the top of the list for some people, I would think. Yeah. If the question had been phrased differently and he had answered Hitler, you wouldn't be having the same reaction as you do. I just, I just think it's amazing that it's uh, it's still a conversation. We still talk about Hitler in 2022. Never going to stop. <laughs> uh, but uh, Goodell, Roger Goodell is not Hitler, so we'll let him off the hook for it for now. But how do you feel about games in uh, Munich, though? Uh, is Germany going to be a big stomping ground? I know there's a big military presence and, and stuff over there for U.S. troops, well, but are they going to a game in Munich? That's the reason it struck me. It's in, in Germany, Munich huge military preference or uh, uh, presence. So I, I think that depending on time in the game, all those sort of things, what they decide to do with it, you could have a lot of Americans at a game in Germany. I, it's weird, though, because London is more American than Germany is. So Germany, when it comes to football, it's still football. It's the pitch. I just It's a completely different idea, concept. I'm really interested to see how it plays out with the, the uh, people of Germany. If there's a fan base, do they decide to go back there or is this a one-off? My biggest question is, is it that same 930 start time for us? I don't know the time difference between Germany and London. Oh, it might be a couple hours earlier now. Right. But then on top of that, are they going to put good teams out there? Are we just going to keep seeing the same dog shit we see every time early on Sunday that we forget to put on our fantasy lineups? <laughs> well, most of us don't have players on those teams anyway. That's true. <laughs> Shot Khan has dibs on London. So who gets dibs on Germany? Uh, well, what- all right. If there was a franchise that could move to Germany, who would it be? Uh, the Houston Texans. <laughs> ah, that could be true. Why not? I was thinking like the Seattle Seahawks. Nah, they got too good of a fan base. The New York teams are pretty irrelevant. Yeah, we don't need two New York teams. Yeah, we can send the Jets or Giants can go over there. It'd be all right. Just send the Jets. Nobody will miss them. Yeah, they'll be like, the who? Nah, Give the Bucs two years after Brady retires. It'll be the Bucs and the Jags. They own overseas. Yeah. Actually, the, the Jets would be a good name for Germany. The Germany Jets, yeah, or the the Munich Howitzers, or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we do something uh, like that. Uh, so I, I do want to change gears here real quick. Just uh, I, I know Mr. Brown, your uh, friends or acquaintances uh, with somebody on social media. Uh, we both are, but I, I'm sure you probably a little closer, maybe. But anyway, uh, maybe not a, a name that rings a bell to a lot of people, but former Major League Baseball player. Jeremy Jambi, not Jason. Some people might remember his brother from his time with the Yankees, and and but both of them were on the A's. Jeremy was part of the Moneyball crew. Uh, he was he was on that 100 win team, and he unfortunately passed away uh, at the age of 47 today. So when when you hear Jeremy Jambi, uh, what just what are your thoughts? And and obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the family. We don't know the situations or anything, but. Jeremy Jambi is a name that lives in baseball lore for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, Giambi, the name the name is a baseball name, whether it's Jason or Jeremy. Um, you, you think of baseball immediately, and like you said, uh, prayers to the family. We don't know what happened or how it happened, but it was kind of sudden. I don't believe he was sick. Uh, I didn't see anything on the social media up until this point, but he was 47 years old. 
Uh, I believe he was doing some coaching, uh, looking at his profile. Um, but uh, gone way too soon, man. And I, I remember him vividly from Moneyball uh, on base machine. Obviously, that's why they acquired him. And then, uh, you know, I've seen him in, on Facebook. Uh, so I never could get him in the group. But, you know, I, I saw him interact on Facebook. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's 47 years old, man. We're, we're right there ourselves. So uh, it don't even seem real. One of the things that, you know, not not trying to be negative around the situation or anything, but a lot of people there, Jeremy Giambi, more prominently because of, you know, his admission, he was one of the first players that came out and said that he did steroids and he was tied to that Balco situation, you know, back in the day. And he was just upfront and honest about it. So I'm sure there's lots of people speculating about, you know, time of death or cause of death and things like that, anything related to what might have happened on the field or in the clubhouse prior. But, you know, that's neither here nor there right now. But I think that's what a lot of people might remember from from the, the Jambies is just that Balco stuff, unfortunately. Let's just paint the positive light, like I said. and Let's think of an on-base machine and let's give the family their space and, uh, you know, wish them you know, positivity around this time. So. There you go. Was uh, was he portrayed in the movie Moneyball? That it was, I can't remember. He was in the movie. Uh, anybody yeah. of note play him? I can't remember. No. So here's what happened. So when they actually to replace Jason Giambi, they needed three players. They wanted Scott Hattieberg, David Justice, and Jeremy Giambi. That was the three players to replace Jason Giambi's on, on base percentage. It took three of them. Yeah, they threw they <laughs> threw all three of their stickers on the board, uh, and that that was who that was their game plan. I know we always remember who played Hattieberg because uh, it's uh, Star Lord. Exactly, he's went on to some bigger and better things since that role. Uh, I'm just glad his shoulder healed to play Star Lord because he you know he couldn't even throw back then. No, I mean how how hard <laughs> is it to play first base though, really? Exactly. It's extremely hard. Tell him why. <laughs> no, it's extremely easy. Tell him why. Yeah. It's extremely it like, hard. It's, yeah. That was the best scene of that movie in their living room. Yeah. Uh, that that and uh, I always liked the Dave Justice batting cage scene. That was that was solid scene right there. Yeah. I, the Yankees are paying you three and a half million dollars to not play. What, to play against exactly. Them. Yeah. Hmm. All right. But, so, hey, he did oh, get his coke in the machines. So I'll give him that. He didn't have to pay for it anymore. So, the uh, other thing uh, I wanted to hit before we wrap up, uh, Mr. Brown had mentioned a movie the other day. I decided to jump on it today. It was my day off. I had nothing else better going on. I think my wife kind of watched it with me. But uh, American Underdog, Kurt Warner, and and Biggie. Spoiler alert. Uh, Kurt makes the NFL and wins the Super Bowl. I, I know you probably haven't seen it yet. What? <laughs> so my my question is, uh, there there are uh, there's another movie that is centered around Dick Vermeil taking a chance on an undrafted player. Do you remember what the other movie was? Uh yeah, it's uh, called Invincible. Yeah, there you go. Invincible. And that's yeah. uh Dick Vermeil is just the the nicest guy in sports to hand out opportunities. So if he was coaching right now, we still would have a shot in the NFL apparently. But uh, he uh he was portrayed um by uh 
I, I want to say the wrong name. Help me out, Mr. Brown. Not Randy Quaid. And Dennis Quaid. <laughs> and, and, we said that the other night. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, he's the not crazy one. Yeah. Um, and you, you were talking about uh, Mike Martz and, and him playing uh, good cop, bad cop. And I was right. I called it. I said Mike Martz is a bad cop. But was he really the bad cop? Uh, he played it well initially. But I thought the uh, the the look of Mike Martz was phenomenal. That that it was uh, great. It was great. Uh, that that it just, I felt like I was in a time machine. But my my only uh, so first of all, movie very um, life based more than football based. Football is just kind of like the ancillary dream in the background. And right. and I didn't know about his wife's parents dying in the tornado and all that stuff, which is it was just like bad shit just kept happening to these people over and over again. But somehow Kurt Warner gets his shot in the NFL. And I, I even started going back and looking at his uh, early stats when he started out. And if I remember correctly, he won the MVP his first full year starting. Is that right? 1999 league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, there is net. I mean, we talk about him as he's the best undrafted player of all time, but I don't know if anybody else ever had that kind of start. And when I was looking at his game log, which I'm trying to pull back up here, uh, like his first few games were just nuts. Like he, here I got here. He started out. Uh, so the first game, which they they showed in the, um, in the in the movie, was against uh the ravens yeah yeah and they were just coming off of a super bowl themselves right isn't that the the big defense they had right ray lewis was shown in the movie as as pretty prominent so kurt warner's first game against those ravens he did throw two picks but he was 28 for 44 for 309 yards and and this isn't today's nfl this is 99 so his yards and touchdowns i'm just going to go through the first few games 309 and 3, 275 and 3, 310 and 3, 323 and 5. And then you had this inexplicable 111 and 1, uh, which they won that game 41 to 13. So I'm guessing he just didn't have to play much. But like, I remember, and they showed it in the movie when the guy at the grocery store is putting the Sports Illustrated out. And it's like, who the heck is this guy? I had that Sports Illustrated. I remember that, man. Like, I don't think people even appreciate or know the significance of him coming out of nowhere and having the career he had. And that my only thing I was left with uh, wanting more was there was no NFL journey in there. It was like, once he got to the Rams, the movie was kind of over. It was just all the stuff before the NFL. And I was like, man, there's still like a story that can be told. Maybe we'll get a sequel. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like it was, uh, cause like it was all the story of his, uh, how he got there. Then I, I hit pause for something. I was like, Oh, there's only like 15 minutes left. And there was nothing much left there, but it was about his journey. It wasn't going to be because he he'd made it at that point, but you know he he had a lot in the in the tank after that. Yeah, we we didn't get anything about his wife calling St. Louis Sports Talk Radio and uh, defending his honor, which you know all the all the things he did and stuck with her and the family. No wonder she was calling the Sports Talk Radio man. She she's loyal to that man. That's clear as Amen. day. I like how they portrayed, like, in the, in the modern movie. I appreciated how they portrayed Ray Lewis, Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce, players like that. Um, obviously, it wasn't them, but they did a really good job uh, of attention to detail, I thought. 
you kept looking for the players once you saw one, right? Like that's what I was doing. I was like, oh, there's there's Oz Akeem. Like it was all the real guys. Like they the the Roland Williams playing tight end. Right. I was like, holy shit, they they really well, like, got that right. If you, if you watch like any like '90s sports movie, it's never real players. They just throw like random Joe blows out there. <laughs> they just and get- it was cool. They always give them like Eastern European names to make them sound like a badass too when they're white guys. Yeah. But um, it's it's worth the watch for sure. I did not know, and this is this don't spoil the movie, but I didn't know that he sat that long in Northern Iowa and then finally got to play at the very end. You I think didn't a town like that, he would have been playing the whole time. I didn't either. I I did not either. I, I looked that up too and I was like, hell, he only played one year of college ball at Northern Iowa. And then uh, him going to the Iowa Barnstormers, which played in like a, a rodeo house or something. I don't yeah. know. But I, I did see this uh, movie. Could have got one thing right. Northern Iowa plays inside. They're in a dome. They had them oh, outside. Wow. Ah, come on. This, this These are the historical accuracies that we got to have. I'm upset. Uh, anyway, Big, you ain't watched it yet, but you plan on checking it out? I will eventually. I mean, it's one of those where I'd like to see some of this, the see the movie for some of the stuff that I don't know in his personal life. But as far as his playing career, I mean, that's been played out pretty well. And now that he's on NFL Network, you kind of get his story constantly. Nice. I will say there's, there is a, a really open opportunity. If you said it kind of ends right there, <laughs> his career was pretty abridged. They could make a sequel. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happened after uh, the first season. We're just, we're just going to leave it at that. All right, real quick, we're going to wrap up and and call it a night, but we do have the NFL awards are coming out tomorrow, and we're probably going to be doing the show when that happens. So do you got any any predictions? you want to go ahead and lock it in now? Tom Brady retires as the MVP. Do do you think they give it to him because he retired? Well, I'm hoping. I think votes are supposed to be in before the playoffs start or not. Uh, I, it is a regular season award, not a yeah. not a playoff award. Um, so so no Aaron Rodgers, right? They're just going to n- not even I have anything to do that, with him. Like conversation we had before about baseball writers and all that thing. I think that the football guys, there's enough of them out there, and be like, hey, Rodgers, you were great, but there was the whole, you know, eh, we'll give it to Brady. It hurts <laughs> winning it last year too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mister Brown, you got a prediction? I'm going to go Cooper Cup, Mr. Triple Crown. I mean, a wide receiver winning the MVP, unheard of. But, yeah, Cooper Cup, man. Like, that's, that's hard. Triple Crown, man. If he's not in the top five for votes, something's wrong. Nah. Uh, he, he's, he ain't going to win. He ain't going to win. That's who I think should win, okay? Right. That's what I'm saying. I got you. He, he, he should – I'm with Biggie, though. He should at least be in top three voting. Uh, I – I think it's probably Brady too, man. Like that's probably who's going to walk away with it just because it's fitting for the swan song and, and he'll be right. for the oldest MVP of all time in any sport. Right. Except for Julio Franco in the Mexican winter league at age 56. <laughs> uh, that just happened last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, any uh, rookie of the year predictions on either side, <laughs> AFC, NFC? I'm going chase. Chase yeah. should get in like, the AFC, right? I like Chase, yep. Uh, NFC? 
Uh, Parsons. I mean, that's, that's hard to argue with. It's, it's defense, but man, yeah. that's, 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 uh, that's, that's doable. I, I'm with you on that. I don't know. No, I can't think about who else is out there. So I'm just going to leave it at that. You guys got anything else before we wrap up? Eat your vitamins, say your prayers, uh, <laughs> brother. I still have an audio clip of you melting down doing a, a Hulk Hogan impression one day. Hey, that's first started, brother. It's gonna it's gonna make the light of day again here someday soon. But I'll let you guys enjoy your evening, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Just a reminder: big show tomorrow night. Darren Smith's gonna stop by from Radio Row. We got our special interview with John Abraham that's going to drop this weekend, Friday night at 7 o'clock. So make sure you're subscribing so you can check that out. Whether you follow us wherever you get your podcasts, you follow us on social media, you follow us on YouTube, you can find us. We don't know sports. We're everywhere, baby. Just Google us. We'll pop up. We'll see you tomorrow night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.